Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. You can see. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to share a little bit with you today on the understanding righteousness and operating in our kingdom authority a little bit. Praise God. Amen. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, I'll read it to you the New King James. I don't want to read it out of the Message Bible also. But it says, And Jesus went about the Galilee, teaching in all their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. I like that in the King James. He says he went around using the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And in healing every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. I like the way that reads because it means it doesn't matter what you're going after. The kingdom of God has your answer. Amen. Doesn't matter what sickness or disease or what problem. Now the message Bible brings it out like this way. He says from there he went all over Galilee. He used synagogues for meeting places. I like that. His emphasis wasn't on the synagogue. Amen. It was just a place where they could meet. Praise God. You ever notice that when Jesus went to the synagogues, they became healing centers, miracle centers? And when Jesus wasn't at the synagogues, they were just religious? <laughs> you know, when churches open up their doors and let Jesus come in and have the service, there's healings and miracles take place. But when they just come together to meet, it's usually religious and kind of boring and dry, isn't it? Amen? No, we need the Lord in the services with us. Amen? But it says he used synagogues for meeting places and taught people the truth of God. God's kingdom was his theme. That beginning right now, here's what he was teaching. That beginning right now, they were under God's government. Notice that they were under God's government. Because the king of that government was there. Hallelujah. Amen. And so Jesus was bringing them out from under the governing authorities of darkness and bringing them over under the governing authority of the Lord. Amen? And whenever they came out of the authority of darkness and came under the the ruling authority of God's government, God's rule, God's kingdom, look what happens. He says, he also healed people of their diseases and of the bad effects of their bad lives. (laughs) Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Meaning what? You you know, the kingdom of God doesn't just get you saved. It it saves you from your past. Amen. When you come to the Lord, you're supposed to not only get delivered from sin, you're to get delivered from the effects of your sin life. Yeah, that's right. That means I no longer live under guilt, condemnation, right. inferiority. I don't condemn myself. I don't walk around miserable thinking, oh my God, the life I've wasted. No, the Lord's kingdom sets me free from the effects of the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Amen. And that's what the Lord came to do. Not only to heal us physically, but heal us emotionally, yeah. heal us spiritually. Amen. And bring us to a place where we have a new life in Him, praise God. Now, in Romans, the 14th chapter, the Apostle Paul over here, speaking by the revelation of God, and Paul tells us that all that he received, he received by the Spirit of God through revelation. So this is the, the Lord teaching us through the Apostle Paul. In Romans fourteen sixteen, he says, Therefore do not let your good be spoken of as evil. What he's actually saying there is just because you're a Christian, and you believe all things are, are possible, you can't just use some of your liberty at some times in front of other people and get too crazy with it. Amen? 
Because, you know, we as Christians and come sometimes can be a stumbling block to somebody else. And so he's saying, learn how to operate in the kingdom of God with some wisdom here. Amen. Learn how to conduct yourself in front of other people. And then he says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not just out here fellowshipping. He says, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Now, what do you mean, serves God in these things? <laughs> serves God in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen? That's how we're to serve God. We're to walk in our right standing that the kingdom of God brings to us now. And you see, the kingdom of God here that Paul is preaching to us has three elements that Paul says that we need to learn to serve God in. We need to serve God in our right standing with him. We need to serve God in the peace that passes all understanding. Romans 5.1 says that now we're justified through faith and we have peace with God through our yeah. Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So that means that the kingdom of God is a heart peace. We ought not see you flabbergasted and flustered all the time. Right. Right. Amen. Right. And then he says it's joy in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What does that mean, joy in the Holy Spirit? Joy is a spiritual force of the kingdom of God. And your joy operates through the Holy Spirit having free course in your life. Anybody found out you can't operate in joy without the help of the Holy Spirit? Amen. It's joy in the Holy Spirit, praise God. Because the Holy Spirit, John says, he records the Lord Jesus over there in John 15, 26. And he says that the Holy Spirit was to come in the name of the Lord to represent the Lord and act upon his behalf. So the Holy Spirit is here to act upon the Lord's behalf. In other words, it's if, if Jesus was here today is what the Holy Spirit's doing for us right now. Amen? And so when we have the Holy Spirit, it's the same as Jesus being involved in every situation in our life because the Holy Spirit is here representing the Lord and acting on His behalf and in His name. Amen? And so we find joy by allowing the Holy Spirit to help us in those troubles and times. When do you need joy? When you're having a test. You ever notice in James chapter 1, verse 2, he said, uh, he said, my brother, count it all joy when you find yourself in different tests and trials. Notice he said, count it all joy. In other words, he's saying, when you find yourself in a test, in a trial, in a time of struggle, he says, turn to the help of the Holy Spirit and choose to operate out of your spirit and operate out of the kingdom of God, not out of your flesh. Amen. See, happiness is built upon your circumstances. Right. But joy is built upon your relationship yeah. with God. Hallelujah. Amen. And so James is tying right in with the theme of the kingdom of God because he's saying when you find yourself in different types of tests and trials and struggles and man, it's caving in on you. He said at those points in time, it's kind of hard to find some happiness, isn't it? Amen. Why are you so happy today? Oh, I'm just under this struggle and the weight of the world's coming down on me. It made me so happy. I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> Amen. And you see, and since we find out that he says, count it all joy, that means that James is saying here similar things because Paul said, they that serve Christ in these things are acceptable to God. Serving somebody is more than believing in somebody. Amen. I can believe in joy and still not operate in it. Because to operate in it, I have to make a decision that I'm going to serve Christ in this situation. 
And I'm going to serve Christ in this situation by having the Holy Spirit help me to have the right attitude and the right uh, mindset to get me through this situation. Amen? Are you listening to me? So what's that mean? There's no joy in the test. I have to count it all joy. I have to choose to operate and serve God even in the midst of the problem because I'm not going to let the kingdom of darkness invade my space and bring me back in the bondage that Jesus Christ delivered me out of. Because the government of God is now here and I'm under His governing authority. But if I'm going to operate under the governing authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have to choose to make a decision in this situation then I'm going to let the peace of God that passes all understanding guard my heart and guard my mind and I'm going to walk in righteousness with God I'm going to, I'm going to remember I'm in right standing with God it may, the devil may be telling me I'm a mess and I'm not going to make it and everything else but you know what I am still in right standing with God because righteousness isn't a feeling it's a position are you hearing me? So my position with the Lord hadn't changed because of my circumstances. Amen. And what the enemy's trying to do is what we were listening to last night. He's trying to pull me away from the authority of the governing authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and get me to operate in my own self. That I'm not going to fall for that because I've already read what happened to Adam when he did. Amen. No, I'm not coming under his. I'm not going to let the devil choose my outcome in this situation. Because I am no longer in the kingdom of darkness. I'm in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is my Lord. And I am in right standing with God. Even if I feel like I'm the worst person on earth and it looks terrible. And everybody's telling me you must have messed up because you couldn't get in this bad of a shape if you didn't mess up. And But still in my heart, I've got the peace of God that passes all understanding. I don't understand it. But I stand right there and say, God's going to get me through. Amen. Brother Hagin used to say that he had ministers get with him, and they say, uh, aren't you concerned? you got the worst church in the whole district. And he said, no, everything's fine. They said, well, that, that guy's too crazy, too stupid to worry. He said, I wasn't too stupid to worry. I was too smart to worry. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And so he said, I just stayed at peace and just stayed with God and watched the Lord work it out for me. Hallelujah. Because, you see, to serve means that when it's not easy, I'm going to stay with it. See, I've committed myself to righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? And all of this is operating through my position with God and my relationship with the Lord in His kingdom. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit has been sent to help me to operate in peace. He's been sent to help me to operate in the revelation of my righteousness. And He's been sent to help me to stay in joy whenever I want to get mad and throw a fit. Amen? And when I do this, I'm acceptable to God. What's that mean? God's sitting in heaven, and the devil's attacking me, and I'm standing there, and instead of me going crazy and backsliding and leaving and getting discouraged, whatever, I'm standing there, and I don't feel it. I, don't, I mean, it's not looking any different, but I just choose to say, Lord, I thank you right now. I'm going to praise you no matter what's going on. Now, Lord, my praise may not have a lot of a zeal enthusiasm in it, but it's still praise because it's coming from my heart. That's why Brother Hagin used to say he'd, say, he'd say sometimes whenever the enemy was coming attacking him and his body, he talked about the one time he's laying there and he said, uh, you know, the enemy came in, that's where he got into that ha, 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 ha. You remember that? He said, oh, I didn't feel like laughing, I just put one on. 
Amen. But you know, later on, whenever as he continued to act and serve the Lord in the midst of his, his problem there that night, and the enemy attacking his heart, and he just kept on, and the enemy, you know, coming against him, after a while, the anointing came on him, the power of God hit, and then he said, I laughed in the spirit. Hallelujah. How many of you know sometimes you have to confess your faith with no feeling whatsoever, and you feel like, why am I doing this? And all the thoughts are hitting your head and telling you, why are you doing this? But you have to continue to speak your faith right in the midst of that situation. Amen? And you still have to calm yourself and say, I've received the peace of God helping me, guarding me, taking care of me. Amen? And then then, and, and you want to lash up and say, joy, joy, joy. Joy, joy, joy. The devil says, what you doing? I'm counting it all joy. And I'm, I'm up to 10 joys right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> joy. <laughs> that may be a loose interpretation, but it helps you, doesn't it? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. No, I'm counting it all joy, and I'm up to 150. And I'm going to keep going until it kicks in. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Lord didn't tell me to feel this. He told me to serve him in this. Hallelujah. Amen. But if I'll serve him in it, eventually I'll feel it, praise God. Because it'll produce in me what the kingdom of God is sent by heaven to do in me. And it's to bring peace, joy, and confidence. Amen. So I'm on I'm on operating these things, praise God. Now, look over here in, in 1 Corinthians 15. The Apostle Paul's writing over here to the Corinthian church. And he gets over here in verses 33 and 34. And these have always been some verses I've looked at and stirred myself with. He says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good, good habits. Paul says, don't be deceived. You hang out with the wrong people and you'll have wrong results. Right. In fact, your good habits of going to church will become bad habits of not going to church if you get with the wrong people. Right. Your good habits of praising God and being positive and having a good confession will be hindered if you get with people that are talking doubt, defeat, and unbelief all the time. So he says, be cautious. Now, this is the thing, folks. You know, I'll minister to everybody, but I choose only certain people and, and types of people that I hang out with. Are you listening to me? I, I'm no respecter of anybody whenever it comes to me praying with, ministering to, or helping. But whenever I'm hanging out and I'm just relaxing and stuff, I want to be around people that are positive. I want to be around people that have faith. I want to be around people that are vision and, and believe in God and excited about the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So if you want to invite me out, you're going to have to be positive. Hallelujah. And be full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'll hang out with you. Praise God. But you see, that's what Paul's saying. He says you need to be cautious about the company you're keeping because not everybody's good for you. Amen. And then he goes on and he says in verse uh, 34, the next verse, he says, Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Notice that Paul's writing to the Corinthian church and he says, you need to awake to righteousness. You need to wake up to your right standing with God. The word awake there means to rouse oneself and to stir up. You know what Paul is saying? He's saying, listen, and, and, and if you read the, the two letters to the Corinthian church, they had all kinds of problems going on at church, amen? Because the city of Corinth, it, it was a big city. It had a lot of, uh, of you know, uh, uh, commerce, and people came in from all different. So they had all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of, uh, of, of you know, 
things going on in their society, people coming in from different philosophies. And so Paul is saying to them, he's saying all throughout, he's trying to help them to get out of the, their sin, out of, out of uh, idol worship, out of you know, false doctrines and everything else, and carnality and, and all the stuff that was going on. It was a very uh, you know, a carnal area to live in. And so Paul in his letters is trying to take these people, now that you're born again, let me show you what happened to you and how to operate in it. Amen? And he's, he's written this whole letter, and then he gets over here and he says, and once again, let me remind you, if you're going down here and hanging out with these people that go to the idol temples, and they're drinking and boozing, and they're out here doing all this crazy stuff, it's going to affect your walk with God. And what's going to happen is this, you're going to get caught up in the things of the world, and you're going to become dull to who you are in Christ. And some of you have gotten with the people to the point where you're talking as bad as they're talking. And your thoughts aren't any better than theirs. And you're as defeated as they are. Are you hearing me? He says, so here's my five, some of my final words to you. Wake up to your right standing with God who you are in Christ. Amen. Stir yourself back up. Rouse yourself and realize that you have right standing and rights with God and you don't have to be defeated. It don't matter what's going on around you. And he's saying if you awaken to righteousness and awake up to what it means and who you are in Christ, instead of them influencing you, you'll begin to influence them. Amen. Bad company should not influence me to be bad. My righteous company with the bad should influence them to get saved and come to Jesus. Amen. And so Paul is saying in every situation you're in, you be the controlling force in that situation. You be the influencer in that situation, not the influenced. Amen? Isn't that what we're called to do? Praise God. We're leaven. Oh, yeah, this be, Paul said, get rid of the old leaven because that, you know, it's corrupt, but operate in the new leaven. What's the new leaven? The anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And what did Jesus say about leaven? He says, leaven's just a little thing, but you put it in some, in some you know, flour and, and whatever, and next thing you know, boom, it's taking over the whole thing. You know what Jesus is saying there? He's saying, don't allow the world to put its leaven in you. Because if you do, eventually it'll take over your whole life, and you'll be defeated and miserable and just as bad off as they are. You be the leaven of God that's put into their life, because if you'll keep feeding that out there and keep living and serving Christ in these situations, eventually you'll change them. And they'll become a holy lump for God. Amen? And so Paul is saying you need to wake up to righteousness. Well, if I'm going to wake up to righteousness, uh, you know, I need to find out how am I going to do it. He says some have not the knowledge of God. You know, a lot of people aren't walking in the righteousness of the kingdom of God. We don't know what it is. So we're trying to get it. Here we are, born of God, and Jesus said, you're already under the government of the kingdom, and it's a good government, and it's already here. And that government has come to not only save you and set you free, but deliver you from the bad effects of your past life. And he said, it's here. And so Paul is saying, you need to rouse yourself back up to what God has done for you and what it means to be in right standing with God. Hallelujah. Because if you don't have the knowledge of your righteousness, you can't operate in it. Amen? And every one of us in here that have asked Jesus in our heart, we are as in right standing with God as we can ever be. You understand, you're not going to be more righteous in heaven than you are right now. Amen. You're not going to have any more rights with God in heaven than you have in 
right here in this situation. We are righteous. Hallelujah. If that ain't the Lord Jesus, you're in trouble. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Sorry, I couldn't help it. Praise God. Amen. So let's wake up to righteousness. Let's look over here. Praise God. Look in Romans chapter 9. I want to read some things to you about the knowledge of righteousness. I want you to see this. Because if you don't have a clear understanding of your, your righteous walk with God, it's going to hinder you in your walk with God. Right. Amen? Look what he says here in Romans chapter 9. We'll pick up in verse 30. He says, What shall we say then, that Gentiles who did not, purpose, or did not uh, pursue righteousness, they have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith? He's saying, now, you've got these Gentiles out here, and they didn't know how to get righteous, but they believed God, and they got righteous. He says, but Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it, as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumbled at the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So he's saying, uh, you can't get righteous through your own works. No matter how good you try to be, it doesn't make you any more righteous with God. So what, what are we going to do? How are we going to, what's the knowledge you're wanting to get here to us, Paul? Verse 10, chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they all may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. You know, you can be zealous and be a, a problem in the church. You know, zeal without knowledge is, a, is a, a bad thing. You can be zealous trying to do things and be zealous religiously and still not walk in the power of God in your life. You ever been around people that, that they, they, oh, they're just all the time, they're, they're just almost, you know, hyper. And they're all the time in problems. <laughs> you think, man, they're so zealous for God. Why didn't things work out? Because they're trying to be zealous and get it through their zeal and through their actions what God's already gotten for them through the work of the Lord Jesus. Amen? And this is what Paul is trying to teach us here. And he goes on and he says this, for, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. But look what he says, but Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law, the man who does them, these things shall live by them. You notice he says this, Religion tells you that you got to go to church, you got to read your Bible, you got to, you know, put offerings in the offering, uh, and you got to be a good person, and, and you got to treat people nice, and you got to get real zealous about these, and you can walk with God and be blessed. Well, there's some truth to that, but how many of you know there's still an emptiness on the inside of it and a discontentment? Because you can be zealous in your religion and still not walk in the authority and the power of the kingdom of God. Because you're trying to establish these things through your works. But Paul finishes this thing out by saying this, but Christ is the fulfillment or the end of the law. In other words, you're trying to do all these religious works to get yourself in a place where God will answer your prayer when Christ has already done all those things for you, so God will already answer your prayer if you'll believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? 
Because Jesus will bring you into that position of righteousness with the kingdom of God so that you can have God working in your behalf. Amen? You don't have to earn it. Come on. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean we don't come to church, hear the word, and read the Bible and all this stuff. But I'm not doing that to get righteous. I'm doing that to gain knowledge of the righteousness that Jesus Christ has already given me. Hallelujah. Amen. When I get a car and I and and you know and I pull out the, the owner's manual and read the owner's manual, I'm not doing that to get the car. I'm doing that because I already have the car. And what I'm trying to do is find out everything that's on that car and how to work it. Are you hearing me? So I come to Jesus Christ and I've got the car. Then I pull out the owner's manual and start finding out what all came with that. Hallelujah. Amen. And not only what came with it, how to operate it. Because this book, the Bible, not only tells me what God has done for me, it shows me how to work it. Hallelujah. Amen. And remember, the whole theme of this is understanding right and serving God in these things. Amen. And I can serve God only if I know how to serve God. If not, I'm serving what I think is God, which is serving me. Oh, come on. Just preach a little bit better than you shouted right there. Hallelujah. Amen. Because, you see, I, I want to make sure that the, everything I'm doing is approved of God yeah. and pleasing to God. Amen. Yeah. Not just so that men see it, but I want, I want God to say, yeah, that's right. Amen. The Lord working my life. So let's read on here in this, this 10th chapter. He says this, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. You notice that righteousness has its own language. And righteousness is a language of faith. Oh, come on. Righteousness has its own language. He says the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. So if I'm righteous through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I have a, I have a new language. I talk different. Righteousness by the law is me all the time talking about trying to get what God has for me. But righteousness which comes by faith is me all the time talking about what Jesus has already gotten for me. Amen. Somebody says, how did he say that? I didn't say it. Paul said it by the Spirit of God. Look what he says. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart. Notice this in your heart. It's down inside, down here where nobody can see but you and God. Then just say with your mouth. He's saying you really believe this in your heart. So don't say in your heart. Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? Notice here, Paul is writing to him. He says, listen, don't look down in your heart when you find your situation. Say, how am I going to get up to heaven and bring Christ into this situation? How am I going to get down here and bring Christ up from, from that? I read where Jesus died from him. How do I get Jesus back up into my situation? He's saying, do not, the, the righteous which is of faith that God has given you to walk in the kingdom of God does not put yourself in a place where you're trying to figure out how to get the Lord to do something for you. Amen? Well, if I could just get the Lord to do this, I believe I can make it. Well, you're, you're not talking the, the righteous which is of faith because the righteous of faith don't talk like that. So how's this kingdom language operate? Let's read it. It tells you the next verse. But what does it say? 
the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. What's he saying? He's saying the kingdom language is a language of faith. And it gets in your heart and it gets in your mouth. Hallelujah. And you say what God says in every situation you're in. And if you want to operate in it, you say it like this. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall or will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What's he saying? He's saying, here's how you operate in the righteousness of God. You believe that Jesus Christ has already died in your behalf. He's already borne the curse. He's already went down into hell. He's already defeated the devil. You don't have to go down to hell to get him back up. He was already resurrected. When he came out of hell, he came out of hell triumphant. He triumphed over sin. He triumphed over sickness and disease. He triumphed over poverty, lack and want. He triumphed over all your hurts and pains. And now the kingdom of God is here. And if you'll believe that in your heart and confess Jesus Lord over every situation in your life, that righteousness will kick in for you. And that righteousness will bring you into a place of blessing. And you'll walk out of there in the peace of God and the joy of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. He's saying when you're in the kingdom of God, you don't try to talk God into doing it. You begin to talk about what God has already done for you and accept it. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm going to align my confession of what I believe with what Jesus has already done for me. Instead of trying to get him to do it again. You're sick today and dealing with sickness in your body. You don't try to go to the Lord to get him to go on the cross again for you to, to bear your sickness. He's already been on the cross. He's already made, been made to be sick for you so that you could be healed. Amen. He's already borne the stripes in his body so the healing could come into your body. So what's he saying? The righteousness that operates through faith speaks this way. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. And by the stripes that wounded him, I am healed. Therefore, in my heart, I believe that. And out of my right standing with God, I confess that I am healed by Jesus' stripes. And the reason I have to serve God in this is because when I say it, I may not feel it. In fact, I may say I'm healed and still look sick. I may say I'm healed a half a dozen times and still feel sick. But you know what I'm doing? I'm activating and operating in the force and the power of the kingdom of God. I'm releasing what Jesus did for me to operate in my life. Amen? Because here's the thing. I get my manual out. And my manual says, you have this on your dash, and it will control this if you'll push this button three times. If I push it twice, it won't work. Amen? I have to do it just like the manual says. I can get there and have, have power windows, and I go, I'm confessing, I'm speaking to this one. Go down in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Window be open. Hallelujah. And somebody that read the book says, push that button. <laughs> oh, that was easy. Hallelujah. You mean when I did what the book said, it just worked. Hallelujah. Guess what, folks? That's what God's saying here. He said, just do what the book says and it'll work for you. Hallelujah. Why? Because you, can, you don't have to earn it anymore. Jesus has already done this for you. And God is wanting you to walk in the reality and the understanding of who you are in Christ. Amen? We're to live in this kingdom reality. We're to walk this. That's why he says, wake up to your right standing with God. Wake up and understand what God has done for you and who you are in Christ. Amen? Now, let's look at another uh, verse over here. Let's go over into 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter. I believe this will help us. 
Look what he says here. Paul is writing again to the Corinthians. And, and he begins in verse 14. A lot of times we, we start in verse 17. But uh, I, I want to drop, jump up here to verse 14 for a moment. He says in verse 14 of 2 Corinthians 5, For the love of Christ compels or constrains or urges us, because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we're, we, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, let's just stop for a moment. Paul says, I'm compelled. I, I'm, I'm urged, and this is because I love you. I'm compelled by love. I'm compelled to share this with you. I, I, I just need to talk to you. He says, you need to understand something. He says, if we all, if Christ died for all, if he became our sin on the cross and he died for all, then we all died with him. Amen? And if we all died with Christ on the cross, then we're all dead to sin and alive unto righteousness. Amen? Are you hearing me? He says, now then, if we all died to sin, why are we living in sin? We all not live in the past life of who we were. We should now move over into this new life of who we are in Christ right. and quit identifying with who we were before we died with Christ and start identifying with who we are now that we've been raised up and are alive with Christ. Because we were old creations, but in Christ Jesus we're new creations. We're brand new species of being. We never existed before. Are you hearing me? And so what Paul is saying is this. He's saying, quit identifying with your past life in the kingdom of darkness and get the revelation of who you are in Christ now in the kingdom of God and start identifying with that weak, beat down, sick, defeated, bad person and start identifying yourself as righteous and having the peace of God, walking in the joy of the Holy Ghost, a more than a conqueror, a son and daughter of Almighty God, an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and a kingdom citizen of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Too many Christians are allowing the enemy to say, you know what you were. No, I don't. Well, you're lying. No, I'm not. I'm acting on the Word of God. I'm a new creation. Old things are passed away. That means they died. And they're gone. Hallelujah. Why should I go out there in the backyard and dig that thing up? And the devil will stand there with a shovel and say, I'll help you. I say, you're not even going to, you know, you can dig all you want to, Mr. Devil. I'm not looking. Hallelujah. Why? Because I die with Christ. See, you and I have to do this. If we're going to operate in the kingdom of God, you and I have to see ourselves on the cross with Jesus Christ. You need to see your sin and you on the cross with Jesus Christ. Because verse 21 says, He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we could become what? The righteousness of God in Him. So you need to see yourself dying with Jesus on the cross. 
You need to see yourself going down into hell with Jesus and paying the price and torments down in hell for three days and three nights. But then you need to identify with yourself being raised up on that Easter morning, that first fruits morning, and you need to see yourself rising up and shaking off the key, uh, the, the strongholds of hell and sin and darkness and your past. And you need to see yourself rising up and going with Jesus into the Holy of Holies and watching Him put His blood on the mercy seat and watching God's anointing come on you and change you into a brand new creation and then you need to leave your past in the past and then to wake up to righteousness, understand who you are in God and start operating in the kingdom of God. And then Paul says something here. He says, even though we knew Christ in the flesh, yet now we know Him thus no longer. You know what Paul's saying? Quit seeing Jesus as a babe in the manger. Thank God He was a babe in the manger. Quit seeing Jesus as the prophet on the, on the shores of Galilee. Quit seeing Jesus in the boat with the disciples. See Jesus like John saw Him on the Isle of Patmos. The Christ, the Messiah, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. See, Jesus exalted in His glory, seated at the right hand of God, the Lord head of the church. Hallelujah. And when you see Jesus and identify with Jesus as who He is today, all hell trembles because the devil knows, oh my God, when He says in the name of Jesus, He's not talking about a baby in the manger. He's not talking about a man on the cross. He's talking about the man who triumphed over me, destroyed me, defeated my demons, rose up with the keys of death and hell and is seated at the right hand of God and at his name every knee must bow in heaven, earth and beneath the earth and at the name of Jesus every demon has to flee. Because now I'm identifying with who I am in this new kingdom in my new right standing with God as a new creation in Christ. And you see if all of this right now seems a little foreign to you you need to wake up. That's what Paul was saying to the Corinthians. You need to wake up to your right standing with God. You need to get this revelation in you because your faith works when this becomes real in your life. Amen? Amen. In fact, you begin to rule and reign. Romans 5, verse 17 says what? If we receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we shall reign in this life as kings and priests under our God. It changes. Instead of being ruled and reigned by every situation that comes along, I rise up in who I am in Christ, operate in the kingdom of God, and I begin to rule and reign. I become the head and not the tail. Are you listening to me? I operate in the above and not beneath because I'm operating in who Christ made me to be. And folks, it's not me being uppity. It's not me trying to be something that I'm not. It's just me being who God says I am. That's why you have to wake up and get the knowledge of it because you have to have that knowledge in your head. You have to have that revelation in your heart. And when the enemy is attacking you, you have to tell him why you believe what you believe. Amen? Do you understand that when you have the knowledge of who you are in Christ, you're never at the mercy of the enemy's argument? Because you always have a response. Why was it that Jesus defeated him there in the wilderness? Because every time he hit him with some kind of a test, Jesus had the word. He had the knowledge of what to say. Jesus didn't pull some spectacular, supernatural, godly thing out of the throne to defeat the devil. He just took the word, the same thing that you and I have, the knowledge of what God says, and turned right around and says, no, this is what the word says. And changed him. Why? He ruled and he reigned because he knew he was in right standing with his father. Amen? 
James 5.16. You become powerful in prayer because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person makes tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working. All of a sudden, my prayers begin to change things because I'm not praying from a hope God hears me. I'm praying from a person who is an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. And I'm coming before God operating in the reality that I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm a child of God. And I have access to the throne room of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. I can go right into the Holy of Holies and talk to my Heavenly Father face to face. John says if we know that God hears us when we pray, then we're confident to know that we've received the petitions we've asked from him. Amen? How's that give that? My righteousness gets me through. As I operate in my standing with God, I come to him in Jesus' name. God says, yes, what can I do for you today? Amen? And all the angels begin to look at it and says, oh, look what that man has become. He's becoming what God created man to be. Operating in his authority, operating in the glory of the Lord. And he's not taking any credit for it because he knows it's all because of what Jesus did. He's operating in this. Amen? How about Proverbs 28.1? The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as the lion. Man, when I know I'm in right standing with God, I know that I've got all of heaven is backing me. And it doesn't matter what's coming my way, I stand there with a boldness that is beyond even my belief sometimes. Listen, I've stood in times and, and spoke the word, and whenever I've stood there in the midst of a situation and spoke that, I want to look around and say, who said that? Wow. Oh, my God, that was me. Hallelujah. <laughs> and then sometimes your head will flip back and then go, where did that come from? And your heart says, it came from God, silly. Now keep on. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen? Because, you see, we get light and glimpses of who we are in Christ, and we step out of the natural into the supernatural. Because how I many of you know the kingdom of God is a supernatural kingdom that's ruled by a supernatural God who does supernatural things. Amen? And I do this not because I feel like it, because there are days I don't feel like I'm even saved. Anybody besides me? Everybody? Huh? What are you going to do today, honey? Bonnie says, I said, I'm going to go to church and get saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> Because anybody saved couldn't feel like I'm feeling right now. No. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it looks like. I've had to learn. See, this is the thing. He says, some have not the knowledge yet. How many of you know you don't get knowledge just because you read it once? You gain knowledge by the word becoming more real and implanted in you than the past. And the more it becomes the knowledge of your life, the more real it becomes in your life and the more powerful it becomes in your life. Amen? So what do we do? We have to get into it. How many of you, let's go back to the manual, the owner's manual. How many of you have gotten your owner's manual out, you read through it, you went through the little buttons, you did all the stuff, and then a couple weeks later, you had to get it back out and refresh yourself? Because, how did I make that work? Hmm? So you had to do it. Now, cars have gotten more like God because now you can push a button and say, hey, how do I work this? And a voice comes on and starts telling you, hallelujah. So now they've got the Holy Ghost working with them and not just the Word. So we're in the new covenant now, hallelujah. So we not only got the manual, we got the voice, praise God. 
See, the world's going to catch up with the kingdom of God eventually. Hallelujah. So now we got the word. we got the spirit operating in us. And by the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, we awaken ourselves to our understanding who we are in Christ. And we begin to walk in it. Amen. And that's what God's wanting us to do because he wants every one of us to flow in this. Amen. He wants every one of us to be a, a light shining out to the world. He wants every one of us to know who we are in Christ. And he wants us to walk in the authority that we have as believers in the kingdom of God. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.